Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, stagnancy, ignorance. All of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The Book of Apostle Paul, Ephesians 4:22-24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And the theme of the given word is the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. And when we're talking about the right to the power, this is a right to an anointing that only the students of the Lord Jesus Christ have access to. To fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of the sermons of Apostle Arkady, we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. And however much we speak about this theme and hear about this, how we need to put off our former way of life, how we need to renew our mind, how we need to clothe ourselves by confessing with our mouth, clothing our bodies, this theme is continuously fresh and does not get old. This means that this commandment is eternal and it needs to be understood, it needs to be uh, learned, and you'll see many churches today, the very essence of put off, be renewed, and put on uh, is not something that is a purpose or goal for them, or uh, something that they strive or want, would like to or desire to do. In Christian churches today, there are very many different goals. Uh, there's nothing to put off, there's nothing to renew, and there's nothing to put on. The only goal is to save, 
be saved and you earn your salvation by saving other people that's how that's what their goal is why have many people left our service they had a great desire once very humble quiet people who worked with their hands who served in the church but who allowed in their time a place uh, for the deception of the of the devil in their heart and allowed Satan to put deception in their heart against the church, against the truth, against the pastor. And this quality of, of being peaceful and quiet uh, suddenly changed. They now had the desire to evangelize, to go somewhere, not understanding that evangelism begins in our own family. Parents begin to evangelize to their children first. Uh, workers evangelize at work. Citizens evangelize in their country. Why do we need to run to Mexico or Africa where who in their zeal and desire sometimes surpass that of some Slavic people? Why do we need to run there? But people do that for the very reason that they are not students they are not students. We stopped to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, in which getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy of praise, and gave God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. And so Psalm 18 one through four. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise. I have been saved from my enemies. Let us together now proclaim these eight names of God for our life. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear the confessions of our hearts May he make us worthy. May he allow us to comprehend all of these names so that we can reflect this image, this holy image in our life. Absolutely, because if we don't understand the power that is contained in these names, then the Lord will not be able to utilize the power in our life. Who doesn't need the Lord? What saint does not need the Lord as their strength, as their rock, as their fortress, as their deliverer. Who does not want that? When politicians are trying to scare you with atomic bombs, but when you proclaim that Lord is your fortress, how do you run into God? And so to be able to run into God, you need to learn to approach God, to approach the Anointed One, to come to hear what he wants what God wants to say to abide in the word what are we doing right now we're speaking before the Lord Lord we approach you so that 
we can remember the word that we hear so that we can meditate on it, learn it, and clothe with the confessions of our mouth. We clothe ourselves into this power. And the Lord says, okay, as you learn to approach me, I will make you my fortress. And the Lord becomes ours. And so after, when we st- we've already studied the name strength, rock, and we have been studying fortress. After magnifying the word of God within our heart, we then clothe ourselves into the power of the name of God's strength and weigh ourselves upon the scales of righteousness. We then cleanse ourselves from all filth of the flesh and spirit with the abilities contained in the lot of the name of God rock to then receive the right in Jesus Christ to the lot contained in his name fortress so that we can approach God. And so the name of God rock, we magnify him we magnify his word in in his name strength in his name strength we magnify his word and by we obey his word and we magnify it in the in that way and now in the name of rock of the uh, name of god rock we worship before his word and we use his word then as scales that we weigh ourselves upon so he can cleanse us from all the filth of the flesh and spirit with the abilities contained in his name rock and then the lord says now you can approach me and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, uh, receive these wonderful promises in his name, Fortress. And if we've been attentive, our pastor says that the name of God, Fortress, is not just a name that's third in line that we're studying. His name, Fortress, is present in all of God's names. This particular third name, Fortress, Here we received the right to be fertilized as Mary, who was uh, visited by the angel. She said, may it be according to your word. And so in prayer, she approached God, and she, in her secret place, wherever she prayed, she was fertilized with the promise. She received this promise, and that was the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. When did this happen? When she approached God, you can't find the Lord in your secluded place until you find the Lord as your rock. And so he is unchanging. She said, you are my rock. I weigh myself upon your scales of righteousness. And now in the name of God Fortress, we can receive God's promises. The name of God Fortress used in the given prayer psalm as an inherited lot of the Son of God in whom and by whom a person can approach God so that he can know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven containing the oath promises of God. In Hebrew, the name of God Fortress is identified in scripture as God's habitation, God's house, God's sanctuary, unapproachable light in which God dwells, the place where man gets to know God, the opportunity to be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of the success of God and joy of God, the hope of God and the trust of God. This is the place, the fortress. This is the atmosphere that exists in that place. And so we see here the habitation, the house, sanctuary. So if we 
for example, don't find under this roof God's hope and God's trust, then of course, this place cannot then be called God's fortress or his habitation or his sanctuary or his unapproachable light. And so there also needs to be an atmosphere of joy. We approach God so that we can be fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven and grow God's promises inside of ourselves. And so practically, the fortress of God is a specific place where God abides, within the boundaries of which we can know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. And this place is situated, as we know, in three unique realms, in the heights of the heavens, in the sanctuary, which identifies the body of Christ, the chosen by God remnant, and the heart of man, but a man only that has a humble and contrite spirit. This is the requirement. And who trembles before the preached word of God. And what preached word? This is the preached word spoken by God's messenger. For example, a church may have five preachers and all contradict one another and all speak with uh, a somewhat confusing boldness in what they state. And so the one states one thing, the second then contradicts the first one. And so which of them then speaks the truth? The words, preached words spoken by whom? The one who is clothed into the power of a father and also spoken by the helpers of this person who are in one spirit with him. And to speak in one spirit is not just uh, take pieces and parts of the labors that our apostle has given the person whom God has clothed into the authority of a father, but take the absolute teaching, the absolute truth, and maybe just include some illustrations or examples of of um, of how to apply the truth of the written word that is already given but not include in any way your own opinions, thoughts, ideas, interpretations and so uh, thank God that the Holy Spirit allows us to uh, maintain this and continue this therefore the verb run to or to approach God as your fortress contains the opportunities giving man the ability to be fertilized with the seed of promise belonging to the door of our hope in the fruit of which God receives the legitimate ability to join the battle for our body so that he can destroy the stronghold of death within our body and forever thrust the old man from out of our body with noise by the armor trust and foundation known as the stronghold of death <laughs> the Lord will do all of this <clears throat> using our fruit and if we wait that the Lord is going to do something with noise, not having grown the fruit, the fruit, Methuselah, the one driving away death, we need to understand that we need to ourselves make this noise through our confessions and the Lord hearing the noise of our confessions, that noise needs to be heard, not in the day that the Lord will be r- governing and ruling in the bodies of men, but far before this. Enoch bore Methuselah, and at the, after the birth of Methuselah, he walked before God and he uh, made this noise, I drive away death, Methuselah. And as Elijah was in the whirlwind, 
why you need to be, be able to create this whirlwind and to create it it's uh, the work of our life that we need to create we continue work to work toward it in hebrew the phrase to run to or approach to run to or to approach god means to approach the altar commence to know God, enter the sanctuary of God, get closer to God, resort to God's help, finding yourself in the fortress of God, being fertilized with the seed of the kingdom of heaven, and grow fruit for God. Therefore, every time God, by the means of the Holy Spirit, allows man to run to or to approach him, then as a result of such contact, we will always have, always have a corresponding fruit in that area in which we approached him. Considering this, as with the previous names of God, we need to note that the presence of the fortress of God in one area of our life does not in any way mean that it is automatically guaranteed to be present in the given name in another area. In other words, today the Lord is present in the name resurrection, in the format of our spirit. He's in our spirit. And if we have renewed our soul, with the spirit of our mind, our mind, <clears throat> the format of the a life of resurrection is also in our mind, our soul. But pay attention, in our body, this format is not yet there. So the specific in the specific area, we need to approach God and take this promise of resurrection and the rule or governance of the resurrection of life in our body, it, so that it be enthroned within our body through righteousness in our bodies. Considering this, as with the previous names of God, we need to note that the presence of the fortress of God, again, in one area of life does not guarantee in another. Since according to the statements of Scripture for the presence of the fortress of God, every individual area of our life needs to be brought to proper condition where the power of God would be able to reproduce the fruit of the fortress in this area in the form of our salvation. Therefore, it is specifically us in every individual area of our essence who are responsible for creating such an atmosphere which would be able to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress. And such an atmosphere called to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress is the good soil of our heart able to receive the seed of the word of God and grow fruit corresponding to the nature of the seed we have received. And so you don't go to church to inspect or <clears throat> to for the purpose of inspecting and questioning the truth, uh, but having a good heart. And what does that mean to have a good heart or good soil of your heart is a heart cleansed from dead works. And dead works are not just sins, but also those things that in the religious uh, congregations they will maybe pat your head or your back and actually compliment you for with the law of works you try to earn your salvation this is a dead work and works of, of death when we try to take on certain initiatives where that are inspired by the flesh if the spirit is initiating something then the spirit will rejoice, but when there are inclusions of the flesh or ins the inspiration is the flesh, that means something needs to be eliminated or cleansed. Where there are works of the flesh, how do you determine that they're works of the flesh? Uh, 
if I'm corrected, do I receive it, <clears throat> these corrections, uh, with tears? Or are we trying to justify those things instead of correcting them? When we come to pastor, we need to always remember that we're coming to him so that we can hear uh, what he he needs to say or what he will say so that I can follow it instead of just going to him as to hear another alternative of so that I can make them my choices based on others' opinions and then what he says as well. That's not how you you uh, approach his person. Uh, when he has the authority of the word of God, you come with a prepared soil. So what is told you immediately fulfill it because you know it's the truth, it's the right thing. And so for this purpose, just as we studied the previous names of God called to be individual lots of our salvation, we need to study the following series of questions. What characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God Fortress? What purpose is our inherited lot contained in the name of God Fortress called to fulfill in realizing our salvation? Third, what price is required to be paid so that we can give God the ability to be our fortress? And by what results do we determine that God is truly our fortress in the realization of our calling? In a specific format, we already studied the essence of the first two questions, and therefore we will turn to study question three. Let's read it again. What price do we need to pay so that our heart can become a fortress of God, which will then give God the legitimate ability to be our fortress? <clears throat> A very interesting price. Again, how do you make it that we become a fortress for God so that He can come and find His peace in us, so that He can allow us to find our peace and rest in Him? A very interesting uh, dynamic here and how what we need to do to create this kind of situation. And it's not just so that you can have a temporary amount of celebration or some kind of uh, emotion. But when the Lord is knocking at your door, He asks, will you be able to open that door and actually receive me? And when He comes in and finds fortress, our heart to be His fortress, and He's not finding instead uh, nests that the birds have, have weaved or holes that the foxes uh, live in. If he doesn't find these things, he can find rest in our heart and our, and peace, and he, we then will be able to find our rest and peace in him as well. And of course, there's an appropriate price that needs to be paid so that this can happen. First component of the price for the right to approach God is providing God a fruit of righteousness consisting in the name of the son of Isaiah, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. A very long name, a very unusual name, a little bit difficult to 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 spell out. Uh, just a very long or lengthy name. It's not just the combination of two or three words. There's an essence of of pro of God's promise that belongs to the door of our hope here, and this name is Maher Shalal Hash Baz. And so, how do we, and so it means 
uh, to be able to take what is promised. And so Prophet Isaiah will be able to do this because this is the fruit that he produced or bore. And there's also another name that we will be studying. Um, and let us read a place of scripture about this individual first, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Isaiah 8, 1 through 18. Isaiah is saying this, Moreover, the Lord said to me, <clears throat> Take a large scroll and write on it with a man's pen concerning Maher Shalal Hashbaz, and I will take for myself faithful witnesses to record Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of uh, Jeberechiah. Then I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to me, Call his name Maher Shalal Hashbaz, for before the child shall have knowledge to cry, my father and my mother, the riches of Damascus <clears throat> and the spoil of Samaria will be taken away before the king of Assyria. The Lord also spoke to me again, saying, Inasmuch as these people refuse the waters of Shiloh that flow softly and rejoice in resin and in Ramaliah's son, <clears throat> now therefore, behold, the Lord brings up over them the waters of the river strong and mighty, the king of Assyria and all his glory. He will go up over all his channels and go over all his banks. You see what's coming toward Israel. They did not just forsake uh, the waters of Shiloh, of Shiloh. And so He's saying that in this case, this will be destroying Israel. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord brings up over them the waters of the river, strong and mighty, the king of Assyria and all his glory. He will go up over all his channels and go over all his banks. He will pass through Judah. He will overflow and pass over. He will reach up to the neck and the stretching out of his wings will fill the breadth of your land, O Emmanuel. Be shattered, O you people, and be broken in pieces. Give ear all you from far countries. Gird yourselves, but be broken in pieces. Gird yourself, but be broken in pieces. Take counsel together, but it will come to nothing. Speak the word, but it will not stand, for God is with us. For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts him you shall hallow, let him be your fear and let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many among them shall stumble. They shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples, and I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And so here is Isaiah says, together with his children, as Maher Shalal Hashbaz. And so they are pretty much 
a sign of things to come. And we'll talk about the two sons of Prophet Isaiah. Today we'll talk about both of them so that we have them in us as well. To understand the promise in the form of Maher Shalal Hashbaz given to Prophet Isaiah as the fruit of his womb, it is necessary to refer to the prophetic word which was previously addressed to the king of Judah, Ahaz the son of Jotham when Rezin, the king of Syria together with Pekah the son of Remaliah king of Israel went up to war against Jerusalem to conquer it. And so Maher Shalal Hashbaz we have read in the 8th chapter and now we'll read the 7th chapter where we will read about his firstborn of Isaiah because without him we will not be able to take hold of this promise and his first son is Shear Jashub Isaiah 7 1 through 16 here we see the first son the elder son of prophet Isaiah who will demonstrate for us God's justification and in his son Maher Hashbash he will be for uh, symbolizing or be for us righteousness or he symbolizes that now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz the son of Jotham the son of Uziah king of Judah that Rezin king of Syria and Pekah the son of Remaliah king of Israel went up to Jerusalem to make war against it but could not prevail against it and it was told to the house of David saying Syria Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim so his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind then the Lord said to Isaiah go out now to meet Ahaz you and Shear Jashub your son at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field and say to him and so this was uh, a field the fuller's field was a place where they would bleach uh, uh, wool and so share Jashub symbolizing justification and so they needed to go out to the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field where they would bleach uh, wool and say to him to the king of Judah who was afraid and in panic that Syria had united with the king of Israel to destroy the city of Judah and so now let's he will speak to this king to Ahaz the king of Judah and say to him take heed and be quiet do not fear or be faint faint-hearted for these two stubs of smoking firebrands that's how the Lord calls them the the king of Israel and the king of Assyria as two stubs of smoking firebrands for the fierce anger of resin and Syria and the son of Remaliah Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have plotted evil against you, saying, Let us go up against Judah and trouble it, and let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves, and set a king over them, the son of Tabel. Thus says the Lord God, It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. Within sixty-five years Ephraim will be broken, so that it will not be a people. The head of Ephraim in Samaria and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. 
because you don't see the miracles of God that he is doing. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depths <clears throat> or in the height above. And But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Isaiah, hear now, O house of David. It is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself <clears throat> will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. Here, Isaiah speaks of, of course, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, and the birth of Emmanuel in us will, we will see that in the second son, symbolically in this case, in ourselves. The events illustrated in these two chapters, we first read the eighth chapter, and now the seventh chapter, are linked with one another and as one whole. Therefore, studying these two events as something out of the body of man, who has an organic membership to the body of Christ, is to follow your own interpretation, which has an unfaithful direction. In the given event, the King of Judah is a symbol of the category of saints, representing the born from God's spirit of man. And so this Jewish King Ahaz, that, or the King of Judah, uh, Ahaz, he came. He became began to panic and become. A, he became very afraid of of what he heard. The kingdom of Israel represents the soul of the given category, which has not yet died for his nation, the house of his father, and for the corrupt desires of his soul. The king of Syria is a symbol of the body of the given category in the form of governing sin living within their bodies in the form of the Syrian kingdom. The prophet Isaiah, although he lives in the midst of his nation, symbolizes the spiritual person belonging to the category of the chosen by God remnant. Prophet Isaiah is the son of Prophet Amoz, as it is written, 2 Chronicles 26, 22. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from first to last, the prophet, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amoz, wrote. And so here we see that the name of the father of Isaiah was Amoz. Prophet Amoz was a shepherd who came from a small village, Tekoa, situated 16 kilometers south of Jerusalem. His name means bearing the weight of responsibility of the interests of the Most High upon himself. The name of, of Prophet Isaiah, the son of Prophet Amoz, means the Lord is the helper of my salvation. And we're talking about an absolute salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Considering the essence of the given thought described in the given event by Prophet Isaiah, the symbol of the kingdom of Judah, is the spirit of man, a strong and established spirit of man, the symbol of King Ahaz, who led the kingdom of Judah, is a category of saints with a damaged spirit, not able to overcome the sicknesses of a man. Isaiah is the established and strong spirit, Ahaz, is someone who is a, has a damaged spirit, or you may say broken. 
Proverbs 18.14, The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? The reason for a broken or damaged spirit of the kingdom of Judah, led by Ahaz, the king of Judah, identifying the category of carnal men, is their neglect of the waters of Shiloh that flow quietly, representing worshiping God in spirit and in truth, and their admiration of Rezin and the son of Remaliah, representing the waters of a river that is tumultuous and large, signifying worship to God that is in the flesh only and not the spirit or the truth. Rezin is the last king to rule Damascus. His name means a tumultuous wellspring together with the king of Israel, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, whose name means God has opened the eyes. They set out to conquer Jerusalem and to place a new king over Judah, a man from the Ammonite city of Tabel, which is what caused the Jews and their king, representing the category of people with a damaged spirit, to be moved, as it is written, as it was told to the house of David, saying, Serious forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. And to support people amongst whom Elijah lived, God commands him, together with his son, Shear Jashub, to go out and meet Ahaz, the king of, or Ahaz, the king of Judah, and to reassure him. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out now to meet Ahaz, you and Shear Jashub, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field, and say to him, Take heed and be quiet, do not fear or be faint-hearted, for these two stubs of smoking firebrands for the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and the son of Remaliah. <clears throat> and so, this, uh, this situation where he needed to speak with Ahaz, he needed to take his son, his firstborn, Shear Jashub, and He needed to go again to the place, to that field, Fuller's Field, where they bleached wool on the upper pool. And so this is how we need to come to our promise or how we need to reach our promise. All begins with this place where we begin to confess this field is where wool is bleached, where we thank God for justification. Isaiah, with his firstborn, Shear Jashub proclaimed peace and calmness. He, they reassured the king of Judah. This king of Judah is in us also. <clears throat> this is the area of us that is uh, shaking from what's happening inside, and we're very familiar with that. We're also very familiar with the Assyrians. We're very familiar with the king of Israel, who represents the the soul and the Assyrians who represent our body and so the son of prophet Elijah Shear Jashub is the fruit of justification his name means will bring back his remnant from bondage and so again Shear Jashub will bring back his remnant from bondage 
The son of prophet Isaiah, Shear Jashub, represented the state of the spirit of the chosen by God remnant who trusted in the promise that God will liberate them from slavery of the Assyrian king in the form of governing sin within their bodies, bringing about terror in the carnal category of men who depend upon the intellectual and emotional aspects of their soul. If we will not possess the fruit of justification in the form of Shear Jashub, then our spirit will not possess the atmosphere providing us with a guarantee that we will be delivered from slavery of governing sin within our body. Here we need to again pay attention to what pastor paid attention to, uh, the fruit of justification. We oftentimes when we're saying justification, when we receive justification freely, this is when the Lord sows the seed into us and we grow it into f- the fruit of righteousness. But here, it's interesting, he, he says, we will possess the fruit of justification. And so this can't happen until our justification has fruit. Uh, we will not be able to demonstrate the fruit of righteousness without the fruit of justification. This is... And so the fruit of justification is demonstrated through confession. Because the scriptures say, from the fruit of, by the fruit of their mouth it, are they filled, it says in scripture. And so fruit is the confession of the truth of God. And so the justification we received, it needs to be uh, presented in Shi'ar Jashub, the individual. This prophet Isaiah, we're studying him in our body. Prophet Isaiah came from us, came to us in the form of God's word. And so when the prophet Isaiah comes to us, the, the preached word comes to us, the first thing he wants to do is calm our spirit, calm the king of Judah Ahaz. He is in horror that against him, Israel is coming against him, the soul, a serious coming, and the body is against him. And so the soul with the body are in cahoots with one another against the spirit. And we see in, in scripture who was the enemy of David, Saul, his soul, symbolizing his soul, that is not renewed by this, by in the death of Jesus Christ. The Philistines pursued him. And he fought with them. Same thing here. The Jewish king, the king of Judah, he had these two enemies, his uncrucified soul, and the body where the stronghold of death is located. And he came in, he, he became very afraid. And and the preached word came to him as prophet Isaiah. And he needed to come out to this field where the wool is being bleached and be able to proclaim the fruit of his mouth, what kind of confession, the confession stating who God is for us, what he's done for us, and who we are to God in Jesus Christ. And then the second son that we will talk about, Maher Shalal Hashbaz, there we don't confess, we only confess, we confess in this, uh, in this son, Shi'ar Jashub, we proclaim that we're dead to sin, living for God. We proclaim to not existent as existent. But we can only come to this promise, receive it, 
And so these two demonstrate uh, two different things that we need to do within our bodies. And so the firstborn, he comes out to pro with prophet Isaiah and begins to bleach the, the wool, proclaim who God is for us. Thank you, Lord. You are my redeemer. You've redeemed me from slavery of sin, from the curse of the law. You redeemed me from the uh, sinful life of my fathers. I don't belong to, no longer be belong to myself or to, or to the devil, but to you. Proclaim who you are in Jesus Christ. And so this is in the firstborn of Isaiah. And so if I don't thank God and I don't proclaim who he is for me and who I am to him, then I don't have fruit uh, of the firstborn, Shear Jashub. And consequently, we will not be able to approach God to receive the promise in his fortress that is the fruit of your womb in the form of the second son, Maher Shalal Hashbaz, called to destroy the stronghold of death within our body for the sole purpose of erecting the stronghold of life in our body. Therefore, determining the price for the right to run to or to approach God, we need to pay attention to the fact that the fruit of the womb, representing the symbol of the fruit of righteousness, which we are called to produce to God, is our goal, our calling, which is the promise of God placed upon our account in Christ Jesus. Now we're coming over now we're talking about the fruit of righteousness and this also includes uh, confession shar uh, jashub justification as uh, presented as the fruit of right of 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 justification from the fruit of your mouth are you filled as it says in scripture and here we see we need to produce fruit in maher shalal hashbaz his name in hebrew means the robber is in a hurry, speeds up. Also, it means speeds up the loot or spoil. When we look at when we speak of loot, this is the reward of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ, prepared for us in the fruit of righteousness, which will destroy the stronghold of death within our body and will erect the stronghold of life in its place. When a person sees his reward in adopting his body by the redemption of Christ, which is being held captive by, by governing sin, he hastily focuses on robbing the old man so that he can deprive the old man of power over his personal body. And so when it's uh, this definition of his name, the robber is in a hurry, we, this, uh, the promise that we grow uh, when we're fertilized with the seed and we grow the, we, through Maher Shalal Hashbaz, will be able to drive away death. And so this name shows how we need to drive away death. We need to rob the old man. What what does the old man have and what does he not want to get rid of or, or let go of in this case? The power of the old man is founded upon the law of Moses, which gives power to sin due to which the tool or armor of the old man, which he relies upon, is the law of Moses. 1 Corinthians 15.56 The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. By the work of the law, it is impossible to inherit the promise of peace. And this is because the law of works makes the promise non-functional and produces wrath. As it is written, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Romans 4, 13-15 To rob the possessions of the old man, 
the possession being our body, it is necessary to take the, uh, the armor of the law of Moses away from the old man, which he relies upon. Isaiah 53, 11, 12, He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. The process of robbing the possessions in the form of our body belonging to the old man is illustrated in the book of Luke 11, 21 through 22. The scriptures say, when a strong man, as the old man, fully armed with the law of Moses, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he, the new man clothed with the mandate of Christ, comes upon him and overcomes him, and so this is Maher Shalal Hashbaz, when he attacks the old man and conquers him, comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor, the law of Moses he depended upon, in which he trusted, and divides his spoils. And then the law of Moses will just become holiness in man. The armor of the one who is stronger than he, able to conquer the old man, so that he can take his armor from him, which he relies upon, <clears throat> is the grace of Christ which is called to rule within our body by the fruit of righteousness in the form of Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Romans 5.21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. <clears throat> and so we see here this battle that takes place, how the robber uh, needs to rob uh, from the old man. And so, as we know, Jesus will come as a thief by night to take his own. But when the Satan comes uh, as a thief, he takes what does not belong to him. When Christ comes into this world, he only takes what does belong to him and that he had seen in his heavenly Father. Same thing here. This promise, the robber comes to take from the old man, steal from the old man what he trusts upon and relies upon. This is our body. How does he hold on to it? By the law of Moses, the law of sin and death. How does he do this? <clears throat> if there's no law, the law is present when there's a kingdom. If there's no kingdom, and so the stronghold of death... <clears throat> And so a kingdom of death, a stronghold of death is a kingdom of death. <clears throat> and so in this body, there's the law of sin and death. It gets old, it gets sick, <clears throat> it is weak. What does this say? <clears throat> there where there's a law, and the law, we're talking about there's a law within the United States, there's a law in <clears throat> in Russia, there's a law in Mexico, and according to this law or codex, you can uh, identify how this how this com country governs. And so the uh, kingdom can consist or remain in the hands of the old man if the law of sin and death is there. 
And so my hair shall all hush bras in this case. It comes with another law, and this is the law of grace. And this law of grace is founded upon righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. And through this righteousness, he uh, <clears throat> grace uh, reigns through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it's necessary to deprive the legitimacy of our old man within us. He has the legitimate lawful right to our body while the law of sin and death is there. And so that another law comes in, the law of grace, it's a new government. And so you can tell uh, by what's going on with your body who's sitting uh, on your throne within your body, the Lord or the devil. All is uh, determined on the law that's in your body. And so the law of sin and death is what the old man uses to hold on to this kingdom, which is your body. And so the handwriting that was written against us, the handwriting requirements written contrary to us, was uh, written against us as contrary to us, but it can be eliminated through the law of righteousness. And so you're proclaiming who, who God is to you, who you are to God in this first son, and then uh, in Maher Shalal Hashbaz, you begin to rob the old man. You uh, take over so-called the White House, our heart, so that you can establish the law of grace. <clears throat> and based on the law that's in you, will determine who is sitting on this royal throne. Now we will pay attention to how conception is to happen and the growth of the fruit of righteousness in the form of Maher Shalal Hashbaz. <clears throat> With this armor, we are called to destroy the stronghold of death within our body so that we can wreck the stronghold of life. <clears throat> the stronghold of death is the kingdom of death. <clears throat> and so the stronghold of death has a law, the law of sin and death. In the kingdom of life, there's the stronghold of life. There is the law of grace that can take over through righteousness. And you need to come to righteousness. That means you need to establish yourself in the fruit of righteousness. And when you grow the fruit of righteousness through confession, as we say, just coming to church and giving a tithe is not enough. Fruit, he says, come out with your son and come out to the field and began to confess the word, and he began to confess. And only after this, he said, time has come for you to then bear the second uh, son who will drive away death and rob the old man and take back what belongs to our spirit. Our spirit needs to take our body, control of our body from our soul. And so the sick body that it is in the power of the old man, But the process of the deliverance of our body has begun. We're doing that work. Justification has uh, received and confessed. And so it seems as if our people are already sitting in our spirit. And so and so we need to take out these so-called democrats, these demons out of that place so that we can put in the right people within ourselves 
And then after that happens, once you replace one kingdom with another within your body, you can then start doing things with your body that you need to. And so again, how does the conception happen? And the growth of the fruit of righteousness, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Before the male child was conceived, his name by the command of God was written by Prophet Isaiah on a large scroll. Very interesting how this conception happened. Uh, which symbolized the tablets of our heart cleansed from dead works, this large scroll. In scripture, we see a regularity. Infants who, before their birth, are dedicated to God or to whom God gives a name before their birth, who typically then become Nazarites for the span of their life. In scripture, there are not many of these infants who would become Nazarites from their mother's womb. And although every one of them served an exclusive role, all of them pursued one goal, and that is to adopt the body of man by the redemption of Christ. So the stronghold of life, resurrection, be within their spirit, soul, and body. Symbolically, the purpose of such a Nazarite is is a necessary element in adopting our body. By the redemption of Christ, the sequence in which they are presented in Scripture is as follows. First, it was Methuselah driving away death, Samson shedding the light and warmth of the sun, Samuel, one who is heard by God, fourth, Elijah, my God Yahweh, fifth, Meher Shalal Hashbaz, striving to occupy or take control of the reward, John, we're we're listing here the Nazarites who were born as Nazarites from from their mother's womb, who were foretold that they would become a Nazarite, and had this mark, John demonstrating the mercy of Yahweh, and of course, seventh, Jesus, the Lord is salvation. And so we see here seven Nazarites. We ask the question, what conditions do we need to fulfill in order to use the armor of righteousness in the name Maher Shalal Hashbaz, so that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in the form of the stronghold of life can rule within our body? In the given event, Prophet Isaiah was first supposed to take a large scroll and clearly write on it the name of the promise in the form of Meher Shalal Hashbaz's son, which after fulfilling specific requirements will become the fruit of his womb. And so how this promise, Meher Shalal Hashbaz's unique name, And also Methuselah, how this promise in the form of fruit uh, is conceived. We first write upon this large scroll his name. You need to take this name Isaiah could not approach his <clears throat> his wife, who is a prophetess until he wrote this name first upon this large scroll. And when he wrote this name upon the large scroll, in this first step, he needed to, he was called to count himself dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the non-existent fruit of the womb in the form of Maher Shalal Hashbaz as existent. Fulfilling this condition, we then receive the right to approach God so that we can be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. Upon practice, Prophet Isaiah needed to, in the presence of two faithful witnesses, Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jeberkiah, to come to 
a prophetess, which was his wife, so that she conceive and bear him a son, whom he needed to, by the command of God, call Maher Shalal Hashbaz. And for this purpose, we, like Isaiah, need to confess the faith of God, abiding within our heart, in the promise of our hope, containing the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Upon practice, our mouth confessing the faith of God, abiding within our heart, is the promise, Maher Shalal Hashbaz, at uh, our seeds, which fertilize our prophetic seed. <clears throat> or our prophetic spirit. The two witnesses in the presence of which Meher Shalal Hashbaz was conceived indicate the presence of the Urim and Thummim in our spirit. And so this is the essence of the spirit of life. And so just understanding this <clears throat> uh, in a literal sense wouldn't make, wouldn't, uh, isn't correct. The name of the first faithful witness, Uriah, means the Lord is my light, which indicates the presence of the Urim in the form of the Holy Spirit within our heart, revealing the meaning of the truth of the Thummim, representing the second faithful witness, Zechariah, whose name means the Lord has remembered his word, which he had concealed in the depths of hell and drew up from the depths of hell. <coughs> So unique, these two individuals whom God had called to be his faithful witnesses. Uriah, the Lord is my light, indicating the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and Zechariah, whose name means the Lord has remembered his word. <clears throat> and so very, very unique how this, uh, even the definitions of these names signify these two, Thummim and Urim. And so some uh, preachers actually avoid this very story that because uh, he was conceived in the presence of two witnesses and they're uncomfortable talking about that. And so they needed to be faithful witnesses in the presence of these two people. And so if we, we need to be uh, looking at this from the angle, uh, the spiritual angle and the purpose of, of why these things happened to understand the essence of what was taking place. Being the symbol of Christ, Prophet Zechariah, the son of Jeberkiah, in the form of the priest representing the truth in the heart, will be killed between the temple and the altar. Matthew 23, 34-36 Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes, some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and per persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Ze Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Matthew 23, 34-36. <clears throat> and so Zechariah that was killed that was present at the conception of the son of Isaiah, this promise. <clears throat> he represents uh, the word of God, the opened and revealed word of God. Uriah, it, it means the Lord is the light. He reveals the meaning of the word spoken. 
if within our heart the seed of justification will not be received in and grown into the fruit, Shear Jasheb, serving as a fortress of God, <clears throat> serving as a fortress for God, we will not be able to, in the presence of two faithful witnesses, in the form of Ur, the Urim and the Thummim, to inherit the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ in the fruit Maher Shalal Hajbaz, providing God with the ability to be our fortress. A very, very concentrated uh, paragraph. And so again, the name Shear Jashub allows us to be a fortress for God. And then, and so this is justification. We proclaim who God is for us, who we are to God, what I am in Jesus Christ, what I need to do. This is fruit. I confess. And because of this, the Lord says, you are my fortress now. The Lord approaches me. And now when I in the second son, Maher Shalal Hashbaz, proclaim that I count myself dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim the not-existent stronghold of life as existent. At this time, I approach God, and God becomes, in this fruit of righteousness, my fortress. And so, we have the right to this and I am confident as we have the opportunity to hear this word, and and this has been some time that we heard it once before, we have amongst ourselves saints, of course, it's desired that all people be, uh, that we produce the fruits of justification and fruits of righteousness, that these two sons of Prophet Isaiah be also in us. And they are. They're not just in adults, they're also in younger people, You may be aware you may be aware that in heaven there's now another man of faith and this man of faith is a young person a young a young person who drove away death and drove away death till his end Devin Anishinko the son of Vitali and Irina Anishinko he went to the Lord and to his very end, together with us and the pastor, he continued to proclaim the stronghold of life and resurrection. I called the pastor and asked him, how do I an uh, announce this properly? <clears throat> because I know that they were meeting with pastor regularly and he was putting life in him and... and again and again. So how do we announce this? It is when they elderly people die. You, you may see this in one way, but this is different. In the book of Deuteronomy, when the Lord in his relationship with us is silent, 
his silence is a clear response that he's preparing our heart for sowing or forms it into his image he removes from us foreign elements of the flesh he said sometimes in life there are more questions than answers in the book of Hebrews speaking it listed all the heroes of faith they died in the faith not yet having received the promise in the scriptures it says they from afar saw this promise and were rejoicing and knew that they were strangers and sojourners on the earth and those who speak and behave this way and think this way they in this way showed that they seek something different and pastor said also the response of silence will also be present in those that work uh, to erect the stronghold of life in their body this will there'll be times that will this will happen but there will be a time when they will receive answers to all of their questions as we have not been clothed yet into the resurrection of Christ we continued the process of adopting our bodies it is normal that we will have more questions than answers and it's possible of course that and it will come soon God knows the time himself that the Saints will come and visit us not just those who died but also those children that held on to this promise till the end and this boy did hold on to this promise all the way till the end we did not just believe in the healing we believed in the Word of God the Lord sees things differently the Lord sees the healing of our bodies he sees the stronghold of life in our body he sees the rule of Jesus Christ within our body not just the healing of our body but also the rule and so let us remember this and not waver with any kinds of thoughts or actions Vitaly and Irina are in a very difficult uh, position right now and and they're grateful to God and they know that their son till the very end this little boy fought with death and the father would tell me He, he would ask his son what he's saying. He would say, the thought of death would come to me. And I drove it away. Methuselah, who drives away death. And we will see these saints soon, before the resurrection of Christ will be enthroned in our bodies and they'll come in God's glory let us pray now
Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for the great privilege to approach you to come to this holy place where the fear of the Lord is. We thank you that you have allowed us to lift you up, to magnify you as our God who is unchanging in his word. We thank you, Lord, that we were able today with the power of your name, strength, to lift you up, lift you up in your word and magnify you in your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have made yourself a servant of your own word and we worship today before your word. And we thank you for your word that you give to us and that we have the right and ability to read and clothe ourselves into and confessing these very words that are now in our heart. We thank you that we continue to weigh ourselves upon the scales of righteousness and we pray that you cleanse us from all filth of the flesh and spirit, from all doubt, from all disappointment, misunderstandings, so that we can find peace in your holy name, so that the atmosphere of your peace and your quiet be within us, within our hearts. We thank you that today upon this place we can confess the power and demonstrate before this or upon this field where you bleach, <clears throat> where wool is being bleached. This is your, your the, so for this righteous to be able to shine within us. You said that in your heavenly Jerusalem, in your bride, the bride of the Lamb, her justification will shine. <clears throat> you clothe her into white uh, and bright linen and we in the power of our firstborn we pray that upon this field where we proclaim who you are to us and who we are to you in Jesus Christ and what you have done for us so that we can so that our linen not just be clean but it be bright as well and bright and white we thank you that you are our redeemer you are our healer you are our anointing you are our heavenly father one who lives and abides in heaven who is in your temple and who is in the humble and contrite spirit who trembles before your word <clears throat> we thank you for the power that we have today in your name uh, Methuselah, driving away death. Thank you for the spirit of a Nazarite that is present in our spirit and by the means of which you will be able to conquer all that is yours. Our body is yours. And regardless of the fact that the enemy is trying to take it, because of the grace that rules in righteousness, grace is in your word, your word that is written upon this large scroll. We thank you that our heart is absolutely cleansed from dead works. And upon this large scroll, we today write the name that will be able to drive away death. The name that will be able to, will be, is able to take back what belongs to you by right. We thank you, Lord, for all of those who are standing today in faith that continue to be established in the faith and 
we see that great work that you do, we see it and we understand, we thank you that you continue to do the great. We have a lot of questions, but Lord, we know that we will receive responses and answers, not now. You said in your word we will receive these answers when you will be enthroned within our body and govern within our spirit, our soul, and body when your Son will rule within all of our essence. And we thank you that you will keep us without blemish until the day of your coming. We believe that all of the saints that have kept till the end that promise and have died with this promise. You did this so that you allowed us so that they not without us receive this promise. We believe that very soon all of those people that have died with this promise, we will very soon will see them. And when we see them, this will be for us the best response to those questions that we have, the answers that we're looking for, the questions that maybe are worrying our spirit, but you came in the power of Isaiah and the power of your of your written word into our spirit and have calmed our spirit, saved our soul and adopted our body. We thank you, Lord, that today we are not worried about the things that are happening in our soul, our Israel, what's happening in our body. We thank you that all is under your control because we approach you. We allowed you to approach us and be concealed in our heart when we thank you for justification and produce these fruits of justification. We thank you that we can find our peace in you, run into you as our fortress, and so that we can be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. And we can then, with noise, thrust out the old man into hell. We can thrust him out of our body. We thank you, Lord, for the word that we have heard. We thank you for our pastor. We pray, Lord, that all this truth that he has in his heart today they are concealed so that he can then reveal them to us so that you can reveal these things to us in the preached word that you are preparing we wait for that moment and we thank you for that we we pray that all the saints that today are in weaknesses illnesses needs we pray lord that their soul be strongly uh, tied together with within you tied to you and connected to you, bound to you, and we thank you, we bless your holy name from your holy temple, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And let us finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen